Hello and welcome to City On Air News. I'm Tom McEwen. And I'm Freya Hudson. This week we visited the Accommodation Fair, we're looking ahead to Fair Trade Fortnight, and we've caught up with the brains behind the SU's Open Mic Night. But first, if you've been on campus in the last few weeks, you probably have noticed some serious problems with the computer network and Wi-Fi access. Tom has been busy searching for information for us. With many students worrying about how long these problems will last, I spoke to Andrew Lack, the Infrastructure Services Manager, to ask what the major issues are and how they were caused. We've had a number of network issues over the last few months. Wireless has been one of the areas we're concerned about, and we know uh, complaints have been received from CAS Business School, particularly the library, and the internet connection has also been slow at times, particularly in the afternoons during the week. Broadly speaking, the problems we've had have been down to a configuration issue with part of the network that joins us to the internet. And work was done to do some reorganising of our internal arrangements. We're currently moving data centre. And uh, as part of that work, a lot more internet traffic passed through part of our network than had previously been the case. And this highlighted a serious issue which turned out to be a configuration problem. Andrew assured me everything's being done to resolve these issues. I also asked him whether there are plans to improve the network infrastructure in the future. The department has is arranging at the moment for a wireless survey to be carried out in the library, all four floors of the library at Northampton Square, as well as the CAS Business School, because we have particular concerns about wireless in those areas. Essentially, I think we goofed and there was a a parameter in one of our devices that shouldn't have been there. It's been removed and the amount of network traffic passing through our system now is about three to four times higher than it was about a fortnight ago. I would like to take this opportunity though to apologise to all our students uh, for the problems that we've had in the last fortnight. And I think it's been going on for longer than that, but certainly in the last fortnight we've had uh, particularly bad service from the network. I also caught up with Vice President for Education, Amish Patel, and asked him what students can do if we notice any further issues. If students have got an issue, I think they should be reporting it to the information services um, so they are aware of the issues that are happening at the moment, because obviously, from what I've heard, there's so many happening across various areas of the university and affecting various disciplines differently that it'd be good for them to know what's happening so they can take it into their analysis and they're ruled up the whole system and see what they can do for certain students that other students don't need, such as storage size, for example. Some students are obviously going to need more than others. Um, so they can kind of tailor the needs of students today um, for the students of tomorrow. Fair trade fortnight starting on Monday next week, and the university has a busy schedule set up for us. Camilla Niergar-Larsen reports. Fair Trade Fortnight is an annual event aiming to showcase the fair trade products around the university and create awareness of the important work the fair trade organisations do. I spoke to Dawn White, the environmental officer at City, who told me more. City, as you may know, is a fair trade university and has been for the past couple of years. And so this is, you know, one of our key event periods. We do try and run fair trade events throughout the year, but this is the, this is the key one. 
There will be a wide range of fair trade events going on in the next two weeks. Most of them are open to all students and staff, but some are close to student services staff only. We have a number of different activities and events going on over the two-week time, ranging from stalls to films to fair trade quiz night at the Student Union to an Islington fair trade poster contest that we're doing together with Islington that's quite exciting, and a fair trade cook-off, which is something that we've run for the past couple of years in the Student Union. <laughs> So yeah, all sorts of activities going on. I also asked Don why the work the Fair Trade Organization is doing is so important. It's mostly about fair trade, you know, ensuring that the producers and the farmers have an adequate income and are being treated fairly, more so than to do with environmental purposes. You know, so it's more of a social, you know, type thing as opposed to an environmental objective. If you've been around the university campus recently, you have noticed plenty of posters advertising City's annual accommodation fair. On Wednesday, students were free to meet experts and representatives at the Great Hall, so we sent Joe Holding along to check it out. Thanks, Ray. Now, if you're currently living in student halls, it may have crossed your mind that sooner or later you're going to have to find somewhere to live for next year. Considering this, City's accommodation fair provided students with the perfect opportunity to start their search for private property. And who better to explain the whole event than Kiki, a member of City University's accommodation team. This is mainly a private accommodation fair for, as we've got a limited amount of rooms available in halls of residence, a lot of the students, specifically second and third years, would not be able to come into halls of residence. So today we've got some private exhibitors, mainly private halls of residence, which offer quite a good deal for students in this particular area of London. We've also got some other exhibitors. We've got Right Move, which is an um, online search engine for finding properties. We've got representatives from an insurance company, and we've also got a well, two private accommodation workshops going on to different occasions, which is where we've got a law student um, from the City Law School to kind of advise our students on the legal side of things, kind of the, the, the traps really that you don't like to think about, your rights in case something goes wrong and um, some general information on tenancy agreements. Now, don't worry if you miss Wednesday's fair at the Great Hall, because the university still provides a great deal of help and information for those who need it. I asked Kiki about the types of services that are available to city students. They can just contact us. We're part of the Student Centre, um, which is based on Level 2 in the main university building next to the library. There's a lot of information on our website, just under the Student Centre accommodation pages on the City University website. There's pretty much all the information that we're handing out today. They're more than welcome to come see us in person in the Student Centre or send us an email or just give us a call. And now we're going to hear more from Environmental Officer Dawn White, this time about bottled water. For those of you who don't know, City is part of the tapwater.org scheme, which helps provide people with good free drinking water. Freya was the one to track Dawn down this time. The amount of money most of us spend on water bottles on a weekly basis is pretty bad. But not only is it a strain on the wallet, but it's also a strain on the environment, both in its production and disposal. Dawn told me more about the tapwater.org scheme. This is a scheme with the primary aim of eliminating plastic water bottles. Um, his, his big objective, the guy that started, is get rid of plastic water bottles across all of London. And um, so he started this network, and it's a not-for-profit not organization, that aims to get uh, local businesses and universities and schools on board, signed up to the scheme, to offer filtered, chilled tap water free of charge to whoever in an effort to encourage people to just refill their own water bottles. 
The scheme is also providing reusable water bottles which you can buy from the sports desk next to Sadler's Bar with the city logo on them. They cost just £10, which is less than a lot of people spend on bottled water in a week. They're lightweight, very hygienic, double sealed, very good quality overall. You can buy a screw-in chiller for them, or if you prefer hot drinks, it acts as a thermos too. The great thing about it is that because of the network that is being built around it, there's probably thousands of businesses signed up around London that are part of the scheme. And what it means is anybody that's participating in the scheme, you can walk into their establishment and get your water bottle refilled, you know, at no cost. City has already got rid of the plastic bottles and its internal catering, which is a big achievement. So far, we have three water machines in the university. There's one outside the Oliver Thompson Lecture Theatre at the end of the Tate Corridor, another one outside the Career Centre in Drysdale, and the final one is in the New Hub area outside the library. So go and start using them for yourself. In other news, Students' Union candidates' elections are coming up, and nominations for the three positions are now open. You can nominate someone to run for your Vice President of Activities and Development, Vice President of Education or President. Nominations will close on Thursday, 8th of March, and the voting will begin Monday, 19th of March. You might have been wondering why so many people had their sports gear on on Thursday. The occasion was Wear Your Kit to Uni Day, a day dedicated to raising money for an organisation called Right to Play. Right to Play is a charity working to improve the life of children in some of the most disadvantaged corners of the world. You can still donate money, just pop up to the Students' Union office or Sadler's Bar. This Monday saw the second bi-weekly open mic night in the Student Union Sadler's Bar. Rob Cook went along and spoke to the organiser to find out more. Thanks, Tom. Anyone from the university can perform, and they're open to people doing almost anything, not just singing. You can read poetry, play an instrument, or even try out your stand-up routine. They can provide instruments if you give them a bit of notice, and it's first-come, first-served basis on the night, so get there early to get your name down. We caught up with the woman behind it all, Harriet Riley, and asked why she decided to set it all up. Although there are a lot of opportunities to perform within the music department, outside of it, there hasn't been very much available, and it was, it was very limited to the music department only. So I thought it was quite a nice chance to sort of actually get the music department with the rest of the university and sort of try to sort of form together a group of people to keep going. And we did actually have quite a lot of people come along last term, so it's been working out and it's been such a range of music, which has been nice. I've had quite a lot of people show interest in it. It's free, it's easy and it's just completely informal. We also spoke to a few of the performers to see why they thought it was such a good idea. It gets lots of people together who aren't necessarily music students as well just come in and have a sing-along. Because it's promoting sort of bands and artists inside the university. I think it's good for the student union to get people down on a Monday when it's not particularly busy, but also again you can come down, relax and watch a bit of acoustic music. I think it's a good idea because it gives all the non-music students a chance to actually showcase their musical talent at university regularly and not have to wait until diversity at the end of the year. The next one is set up for Monday the 5th of March. You can sign up from 7pm and it all kicks off about half past seven. Should be a good night. So are we going to be seeing you up there performing, Rob? Definitely not. I wouldn't do that to you, Tom. Here at City, there are loads of opportunities to go on an exchange at a university abroad. The application process is not always a simple task. Sylvia Amaro spoke to Maureen Candel about her expectations. Deciding on whether or not to go on exchange can be very difficult. To explain a bit more about the whole process of going on exchange, I spoke to Maureen Kendall. Maureen is a city student and has decided to go on exchange during her second year. Her chosen place is Hong Kong, 
a city she claims to love. A lot of people don't realize how long the process of applying is. I asked Maureen about the procedures. Um, I have to renew my visa, then do all the immigration papers, the financial statement papers, then you have to choose all the classes and see if they match it or your studies that you do back home. And then, well, visa, uh, find a flat. Maureen told me about her expectations for the exchange. Well, I hope it'll be fun and uh, that I'll get some time to go around like uh, Hong Kong or visit all the islands in Hong Kong, do some more traveling than just being in Hong Kong, because it's quite small. There's a lot of things to see, but uh, go to mainland China or some neighboring countries. She hopes to work in China and therefore she thinks it is going to be a great professional experience. Marine told me about a poll on her blog to see if students are considering going on exchange. I found out, um, I think only 30% of people were planning to go on exchange during the degree. So it's not much, I think, oh no. It was just like tickling me because I, I think everyone should try to go on exchange. And 20% of people are just like, no, not interested in going on exchange at all. The reason she wants to explain these figures is because the majority of the students are already studying away from their home country and they found the whole moving process very complicated. To find out more about exchange options, visit the university website or ask your personal tutor. And now over to sports, here are the pick of this week's results. On Wednesday, the men's rugby team enjoyed a resounding 37-5 victory over the Royal Free University College medical students, while the women's netball team won 22-21 against King's College. There was a 3-1 victory over Greenwich in men's hockey and the women's hockey team destroyed Royal Holloway 9-0. And finally, we saw an impressive display as City's men's basketball team crushed the University of East London in the quarterfinals of the South Eastern Conference Cup. City came out strongly from the beginning and continued to extend their lead against UEL throughout the second half, finishing with a final score of 78-58. And that's all from us today. Unfortunately, On Air will not be broadcasting next week as it's reading week, but we will be back on the waves in two weeks. I'm Freya Hudson. And I'm Tom McEwen. You've been listening to City On Air News. (laughs) 